What are you seeking today? What, are, what is your... What's the top of your priority list right now? You know? Is it... Is your goal in life to make a lot of money, have a good career? Is it to be loved? Another question. Why did you come to church today? Did you come because uh, someone forced you? Did you come because you felt like, you know, that other person would like if you came? Did you come because it's the thing you do? Did you come because you like the coffee at the back? (laughs) You like the, the community, the friends here? Did you come to worship the Lord? Did you come because you need a word from God today? Well, I got to tell you, you know, we've had some, I haven't been here that long, but we've had some pretty good times here, haven't we? God has been good. God has spoken to us. God has done stuff in our hearts. But you know, I'm feeling dissatisfied spiritually, right? Uh, I've had a lot of transitions in the last couple months, you know, new house, new baby, new job, just keep piling it on. And you know, you can get really busy doing things, just trying to stay, keep your head above water, so to speak. And it can take the focus, it's so easy to take the focus off of seeking God and seeking His face. And I feel like at this time, this fall, now, that it is time. It's definitely time for me again. I don't know if it's time for you. It's time for us to seek the face of God. Paul said once in Philippians 3.8, he said, Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could just gain Christ. You know, I, when people, when I was younger, when people, were, when people my age were reading through the Harry Potter novels, I was reading through, you know, church history on revivals and biographies of famous missionaries. And I would see in their lives that there was just this, they lived at a different plane, it seemed. They had power. They had a close walk with God. And I think sometimes the reason why I don't necessarily feel like I'm experiencing it is because I have taken my eyes off seeking Him. Because some of those people, in their lives, you can tell they were going to chase after God no matter what was in their way. And there's a really weird story. It's weird, okay? It's a weird story in Genesis where Jacob... He's lying outside, he's sleeping one night, and it says this angel of the Lord, God himself, comes up to him in the form of a man, and they wrestle together all night long. They wrestle. There's something I'm not understanding here, but Jacob was understanding it. But you know what the powerful thing was? I think of this story again and again. They were wrestling all night, and the angel of the Lord says, Jacob, let go of me. And Jacob, in his desperation, he says, I will not let go until you bless me. You know, there are some things in life where it's good to be stubborn. (laughs) You won't hear that too often, but seeking after God, grabbing the bull by the horns and saying, I won't let go until you bless me. I think God 
honors that. And it says, after that incident, when God did bless Jacob, it says, and Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, which literally means face of God, for I have seen God face to face. I want to take you to a passage of scripture today, Psalm 27. I just want to read two verses, verse 4 and verse 8. And this is what David says. He says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Verse 8, When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, will I seek. And we're talking about we're beginning a series today on, on breakthrough in your life. And today I want to talk to you about seeking, seeking for breakthrough, seeking the face of God. We don't know a lot about the surrounding context when he wrote that verse. But from the surrounding verses, we know that he was going through a difficult time. His enemies wanted him gone. People were lying about him. He was going through difficulty. Can you relate? Have you ever been in difficulty? Have you ever been through a trial? And you know what he says? He says, I just want God. I don't, he didn't pray that all his problems would just disappear. He says, I just want one thing. I want to be in your presence. That's all I want. He says, one thing I've desired of the Lord, and that will I seek. Did you know there's a difference between desiring something and seeking something. You know, desiring, it's a wish. Oh, I wish, I wish one day that um, me and Melissa and Asa can go to the Azores. That's some islands. Go see where that is if you don't know where the Azores are. But it's a wish. I have no plans to go <laughs> at this point. But when you seek what you desire, you're putting feet to that desire. You're saying... I, I want this, and this is how I'm going to make it happen. I don't know if you've ever, if, when you were a kid, or maybe you've had kids and this has happened, but there's a certain age in life where, as a kid, you get super zoomed in and focused on one thing. Like, you live and breathe that one thing. You know, for many, it's hockey. They just live, breathe, dream, hockey. I remember my brother had all these hockey cards out on his floor. He loves hockey and hockey statistics. And he'd flip over, he'd look at the back at all those, all those uh, statistics. And he'd be writing them all down and somehow comparing and contrasting, organizing them. It seemed like a grand waste of time for me. But that's what he did. For me, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't a, a normal kid. So for me, when I was in my teenage years, what I wanted to do was I wanted to learn to play the organ. And so I have a picture. That's just at a church somewhere in the country one time, 2010. And so I went out and I bought this used organ, a couple hundred bucks, and I put it in my room. And I didn't know how to play an organ. I barely knew how to read the one melody note on a violin. I played that first. But I sat there, and day after day, for a couple hours a day, I would just sit there, hammering out, trying to learn to play this thing. You know, the two notes on the right hand, the bass clef, and if you really know organs, they have all these bass pedals. You play the bass note with your foot. So you're doing all that at once. And I remember just, I didn't even have a teacher, but I just kept trying and trying. Because when you really want something, 
You go through no matter what, no matter what the test is, no matter how long it takes. And you know, after a couple years of playing and playing and trying and grueling through it, I got somewhere. And you know, I switched to the to piano partway through there, and I got it to some extent. Of course, you can always go farther, but I remember I used to go and I'd play it when I did get presentable to play, I would go and my mom would sometimes drag me to like nursing homes, you know, and play there. Or I'd play in church and people would say to me, wow, what a gift. What a gift. I wish I could play like you. And you know what? I'm sure there is a little bit of giftedness. I'm sure there's a bit. But what I really think is that a lot of it has to do with determination. What no one ever comes to you and says, they never come to say, wow, you put in thousands and thousands of practice. And you know, I sometimes think, and I don't say this because it might come across as rude, but if someone says, I wish I could play like you, in my mind I'm thinking, the difference between me and you is you wanted to do something and I had to go off and try to do it and make it happen. That's how we seek the face of God. Just getting that, getting those blinders on and just going forward and saying, God, I don't care if it's going to take thousands of hours. I don't care if it's going to take years. I want to see your face. I want a deeper relationship with you. I want to know you more and hear your voice clearer than ever before. I want to walk in the power that you said we should walk in. You know, I think we cut ourselves short so often. We think, oh, we got to wait until heaven in order for us to have this great relationship with God. But I tell you, from what I read in here, from what I've read from other people, there's more to be had now. David says, I just want one thing. I just want to be in your presence. And he he gives us, I don't think it was intentional that he wanted to say, oh, let's do these three things, but... In this verse, verse 4, I see these three different steps, would you? Three different levels of depth in going intimate, in being in the presence of the Lord. And it starts off with this, dwelling in his presence. You notice he just says, I just want to dwell in your house, O God, all the days of my life. His house was where God dwelt. And he says, I just want to be there. Your, your presence gives me peace. It just, it calms me down. I don't know, do you have a place when you're going through a hard time, that place, maybe it's out in nature you go to, and it just gives you some peace. Maybe there's a person in your life, when you spend time with them, they just, they settle you. Or you have that hobby, that thing you do, maybe you play music or paint or do woodworking when you're stressed out, because it gives you that peace. And David's saying, the enemy is near but I just want to be in your presence. It begins by being in his presence, just sitting and being where he is. But then it goes to something deeper. It goes to number two. It goes to beholding his beauty. You see, dwelling in his presence, often we come to God because he has something to give to us, right? We come, God God does... God has done good in our lives, right? He's he's made our lives better. And so we come to him to dwell for what we can see, what we can feel. But there comes a point when you're in God's presence where the attention turns from what you're getting and you start to see 
him. Imagine with me for a moment. If we were all, say, somewhere in, in Europe, in, in this great city, and, you know, we're doing some sightseeing, and imagine all of a sudden, it just starts downpouring. It starts raining hard. We don't have an umbrella. We don't have a raincoat. But we're standing next to this big cathedral in the middle of town. So what do you do? You go run over, you run to those doors, and you open them to get out of the rain, right? And then I'm picturing as we walk inside, you know, you get dry, you're just like, oh, glad to get out of that rain. You shake your hair off a bit, getting that rain off. But then your eyes are drawn up when you look around and see the beauty of that cathedral. You know, you came in because you needed to get out of the rain, but when you got in, you saw something else, something that wasn't, something outside of yourself. And I want to ask you today, do we ever, do we sit enough in his presence just beholding his beauty? Do we sit enough and just, just leave the prayer list aside just for a moment and just say, God, you are amazing. God, there's no one like you. The Apostle John, he was in, in the book of Revelation, he has this vision and he's taken up into heaven. And he sees it all. He sees the throne room of God. He sees the angels. He sees the cherubim. He sees these 24 elders, these thrones. And he sees Jesus bright. And he says he just falls on his face because he says, I, like, I can't take it. You're so awesome. You're so awesome. Do you remember the time that you were first in love? Do you remember? Remember when you're first in love? And you know, the simplest of things, the simplest of things just make sparks fly. Like you can just walk in the same room as that person and you just... You're out of this world. Or you, would, or you could just sit and look at that person, just stare at each other, just admire each other, and you would think that was a good use of your time. <laughs> you know? And do we behold his beauty? Do we behold his beauty? Stephen, he was given this sermon... And the guys didn't like what he had to say, so they took him outside and killed him. So don't get any ideas. <laughs> and as they were pelting him with these rocks, that's how they used to kill them. They just all throw rocks at you, and eventually it'll hit you in the skull, and you will die. And as they are pelting him with these rocks, is he looking around at the people trying to kill him, as he's looking and feeling the pain, for some reason, somehow, he is taken into the presence of God, and he says in his, some of his last words, he says, look, I see Jesus sitting at the Father's right hand. I see Jesus. I, I'm not a big crier. Um, Melissa will tell you that. But I do once in a while, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> But I will tell you this, if, you, if, if the thought of the Lord and his beauty never puts a tear in your eye ever, then I think something is wrong. 
We go from dwelling to beholding his beauty. And then number three, he says we inquire of him. This is relationship right here. You know, it's in relationship that you become intimately acquainted with someone. It's through relationship that we get to know people. I bet your best friend, you know them pretty well because you spent a lot of time together. You probably know your best friend a lot better than maybe you know me because you spent more time with them. Relationship is where we get to know people. And Jesus said these words. He said, he was praying to the Father in John 17, 3. He said, this is eternal life, that they may know you. Isn't it interesting that it doesn't say, this is eternal life, that they give their hearts to me. This is eternal life, that they get into heaven someday. Those are fine. But at its core, eternal life in God is that you know him. Not just know about him, not just hear what others like me or someone else has to say about him, but that you know him. You hear him speak, he talks to you. I find it so interesting because often, maybe it's just me, often in our prayer times, or times with God, we very quickly go to the, okay, it's my turn to talk. I have stuff to tell you, God. And you know it's okay to talk to God right from the get-go, but I find it so interesting that David first, he says, I want to dwell in your presence, behold your beauty, and then, and only then, does God turn and speak those words of life into us today. There's a difference between seeking the face of God and the blessings of God. Do you know that? You know, a lot of us, we come to God first, and it's okay to do this. We're like blind Bartimaeus. This is a, a blind man in the Gospels where he hears that Jesus is walking by, and he cries out, and he's like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people are like, oh, be quiet. Jesus doesn't have time for people like you. And he just cries out louder and louder, just like Jacob. He won't let go. And Jesus comes by and says, what do you want me to do? And he says, I want you to heal my eyes. Let me see again. And he does. Because that's what God does. You know, we love the blessings of God. I'm very thankful for God's blessings. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that he comes inside and transforms. I'm thankful that he hears our prayers. I'm thankful that he makes us more than conquerors. But I wonder, would we want Jesus so much if those blessings weren't part of the package? You see, the difference between wanting God's blessings and wanting to seek his face is that when you get to a place and want to seek the face of God, the blessings pale in comparison to just being in his presence. Just seeing him face to face. A couple hundred years, there was a man named John Wesley. If you, are, if you pick up on stuff like this, you'll notice that New Hope, the proper name is New Hope Wesleyan Church. We are named after him. He's sort of a grandfather, I guess you could say, to our movement and denomination. But what they would do in those early Methodist days Every year around New Year's, they would have something like a covenant service, they would call it. And that was where they would have a special service to come together and to say, God, I'm yours this year. They would freshly commit their lives to him each year. 
And in that service, there's a prayer. And I'm going to read you part of this prayer because I'll tell you this. Only someone that is seeking the face of God can genuinely say this prayer. And this is how it goes. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And you know, I feel as if when someone prays, oh God, let me be full. Let me run over in abundance. Let me be the head, not the tail. We all get up and we're like, amen, amen. But as soon, I don't know if, everyone's in, if anyone's ever been in a prayer meeting where someone says, God, let us suffer. Let us suffer for your sake, if it's your will. You know, I don't, it's going to get pretty quiet pretty fast. But you see, when you are seeking after the face of God, all those other things, they don't compare to being with Him. So how do we seek the face of God today? Well, quite simply, it's this. It's get anything out of your life that is keeping you from Him. Whatever it is, it could be a good thing in itself. But if it is distracting and keeping you from Him, if you want the Lord, it's got to go. Psalm 24 says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face. Are you willing today, church, to toss anything aside, all affections, whatever it be, just to seek his face because he is so worth it today. Jesus once said, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a hidden treasure in a field which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has to buy that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I was thinking today, what if Jesus was here today and he was making that parable fresh? And you know, I couldn't help, I hope you don't mind this, but Ben, I was thinking of you. Because Ben has got this comic collection, which I haven't seen yet. And I was thinking, you know, if, if Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven, would he say something like this? The kingdom of heaven... It's like when a man finds this one comic edition that is above all other values so that without even second guessing, he sells his entire collection just to have that one book. Do we feel that way about Jesus today? Has he captivated your heart We come here, we sing songs, we listen to the message, and that's all well and good, but I want more. I want more. And today, 
I couldn't just close us in a prayer and uh, send us out after a song. Today, I feel like we need to do something more. If you're wanting to seek the face of God, I have asked a few people to stand somewhere along the front here, and they want to pray with you. Glenn, you can come on up. I'm going to have a couple people here that are willing to pray with you. Because even in our faith journey, we can't go at it alone. Sometimes we need someone else to stand in the gap on our behalf. And my invitation to you today is that if you are feeling like you're in need of a spiritual breakthrough, if you admit that you've been living down here and you should be up here, if you've admitted that you've veered to the left, you've veered to the right, and you've taken your eyes off him, if you are wanting more today, I want to encourage you as Glenn plays, we're going to take a few minutes and we're just going to cry out to him. He said to David, seek my face. And I want to tell you today, that he is talking to you, each and every one of you. He's saying your name, and he's saying, I want you to seek my face. Oh, let's seek his face today. And so um, Bob and Joanne and Sharon are going to be here. If you need prayer, you don't even have to be specific. If you need prayer, if you do not want to leave that door being in the same place, I want to encourage you to come. We're going to just take a few minutes. We're going to worship. I'm just going to sit down. But would you come if that is you today? If anything that was said has struck your heart. So let's just wait on the Lord today.